big milestone in the history of Israel. Israel finally acknowledged the king God had chosen. After years under the rule of Saul, then under his son Ishbosheth, finally we were told all the tribes of Israel came to Hebron and they anointed David king over Israel. And in doing that, Israel was not choosing a king. They were acknowledging God's choice of king. Through the prophet Samuel, God had anointed David himself years before this. At Hebron, Israel was just coming in line with God's purposes. So now finally, David is king. And this morning, we're going to see his kingdom being established in Israel. We're also going to be pointed to the greater kingdom of David's descendant, Jesus Christ. That's what this Old Testament kingdom of God is preparing us for. So if you want to open your Bible, if you haven't already, we're going to pick up 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 4. That's page 308 in the church Bibles. Page 474 in the large. Five or four, and we'll read through to the end. David was thirty years old when he became king, and he reigned for forty years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah for seven years and six months, and in Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah for thirty-three years. The king and his men marched to Jerusalem to attack the Jebusites who lived there. The Jebusites said to David, You will not get in here. Even the blind and the lame can ward you up. They thought, David cannot get in here. Nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion, which is the city of David. On that day, David said, Anyone who conquers the Jebusites will have to use the water shaft to reach those lame and blind who are David's enemies. That is why they say, the lame and blind will not enter the palace. David then took up residence in the fortress and called it the city of David. He built up the area around it, from the terraces inwards, and he became more and more powerful, because the Lord God Almighty was with him. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent envoys to David, along with cedar logs and carpenters and stonemasons, and they built a palace for David. Then David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel and had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. After he left Hebron, David took more concubines and wives in Jerusalem, and more sons and daughters were born to him. These are the names of the children born to him there Shammuah, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Ebhar, Elishua, Nepheg, Japhia, Elishama, Eliada, Eliphelah. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. 
Commentators tell us Jerusalem was the prime jewel of the promised land. And it's outside Israelite control. But as the text sets it out for us, David's very first act as king is to go after the crown jewel. And what he finds at Jerusalem is a bunch of very confident Jebusites. Again in verse 6. The Jebusites said to David, You will not get in here. Even the blind and the lame can ward you up. They thought, David cannot get in here. It's pretty understandable they would be so confident. After all, by this point, they have been defying the Israelites, their new neighbors, for about 400 years. That's roughly how long it's been since the Israelites first tried to take Jerusalem under Joshua. So why would the Jebusites be worried about this latest effort? The Israelites have never succeeded before. On top of that, one of the things that made Israel or Jerusalem so desirable in Israel is its location. That's also what makes it hard to get at. It's on top of a mountain, Mount Zion. And that's why the Jebusites tell David, we don't even need our best soldiers to man the walls. The blind and the lame can keep you at bay. You Israelites, you cling on to God's promise to give you this sin. Don't you think you should let that go? God's promises expired. <coughs> Read the small text. Maybe there was an expiration date on that promise. Jebusites are having a great plan. These poor old Israelites don't know when to give up. Notice what comes immediately after all of that self confidence in verse 7. Nevertheless, David captured the fortress of Zion, which is the city of David. No record here of a prolonged siege or any intense battle. Just a bold fact. David captured it. It's as if the writer is saying, yeah, they were stupid to be so cocky, so bold, in the face of God's promise and God's king. The Jebusites were not the first people to underestimate God's king. They weren't the first to think God's promises have an expiration date. And they were not the last people to make those mistakes. This is what the New Testament says about those who scoff about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Where is this coming he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. Yes, we know God promised. It's not like he's going to keep his promise. 
Wow. 
we've had about seven lives of David. Now, we hear about an unspecified number of other lives, plus concubines. Now, we didn't raise too many eyebrows when we heard about the first seven lives. We realized that multiple lives were common at this time and in this culture. We understood the text was emphasizing David's house getting stronger. The focus was on many sons being born to him in heaven. And so we might wonder if the same point is being made here. But I don't think so. Not right after telling us David was exalted for the sake of God's people. At this time, the typical king helped himself to certain luxuries. One of those standard luxuries was a harem. No doubt David's new friend Hiram has a harem. It probably seems only fair that David takes one as well. Notice he takes it. It's one of the perks of being a king, isn't it? Well, it might be, but it doesn't sit well with verse 12. Verse 12 has told us David's kingdom has not been established so David can behave like a typical earthly king. And this little shadow in the story just reminds us David is a Messiah. He's not the Messiah. David is one of God's anointed ones. He's not the anointed one. David, in fact, is not the hero of this story. The hero is the one David points us to. Because only Jesus Christ truly and fully can not to be served, but to serve. That service began when he left his eternal throne. Come to earth as a man. His service continued when he gave his life as a ransom for men. And he tells to tell us this about the risen Jesus. We read it earlier. God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. <coughs> So that we can find it in the 
Jesus is facing is his death on the cross. And it was not possible for that cup to be given up. Not if sin and death would be comforted. Jesus inquired, he received his answer, and he obeyed, even to death. situation. 